If you've ever wondered about what goes on behind the scenes at restaurants, then you're in the right place. This podcast takes you inside the minds of restaurant owners, chefs, bartenders, servers, basically anyone who has anything to do with food, drink, or hospitality. I'm Brady Vixileo, owner of Steinhilber's Restaurant in Virginia Beach and La Bella Italia on Laskin Road. Welcome to the Czech Podcast. Now I'm Alvin Williams, co-host of the Czech and owner of Cobalt Grill Restaurant at Hilltop North in Virginia Beach. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to the Czech Podcast. We're here with, with Emily Zimmerman, and I have just completed an interview with Emily. Emily has ha, had me here for a school project. You're a student at... Honorary Art Institute at uh, ECPI. Okay. Here in Virginia Beach. All right. I'm getting my bachelor's. I got my associate's degree in Alvin, Texas. In yes. Alvin, Texas. So it's funny you mentioned that because we're here state. with my co-host, a whole state. Alvin Williams. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the check, Emily. Uh, yeah, I followed you. you from, from Alvin. <laughs> from Alvin. <laughs> 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 Brady's uh, quite a project that you have there with your schoolwork. Yes, um, I find it interesting how when they presented this to us, we had to pick a restaurant all over Hampton Roads. We could pick any restaurant we want. And I wanted to go back for history because I love history. And I think this area needs to learn a little bit more about what's around and try to bring that back. I agree. History is a good thing. I agree. You picked a great restaurant. It is probably one of the most historical restaurants in Tidewater. Um, I'm If not, the, I don't think it's the oldest, but it's close, right? There's one more in Norfolk. She's uh, Dumars is older for sure. I forget the name of oh, it, but it? there's one more that's a little bit older. Dumars is for sure older. Yeah, yeah. they're like 1896 or something ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if there's another one. Um, at least I don't know. Certainly in Virginia Beach, I don't think there's an older one that, right. that I've heard of. That one that's continuously been in business and owned by the same family. So tell me about your project. Besides picking a restaurant, which I picked you guys um, with the history. Cause I, like I said, I love history and I believe the area should be brought up. Um, and what we're going to be doing is I talked about the, the questions and then I put it together and then I will be um, putting it like a newspaper article for school. Okay. Um, just making sure everybody also, I want to, I want to, Expand you guys, like trying to get your name out there, help you guys out. Well, we certainly appreciate that <laughs> and use all the help we can get. So are, are you going for a career in cooking or are you going for a career in um, food writing? I'm actually going to be, I want to be a teacher. The reason why I got into cooking was I have five brothers, either in your military or the fire department. And my one brother, he was a New York firefighter for 15 years. He was also a Marine. He was killed in Afghanistan four years ago. And while he was a father, husband, brother, son, brother, you name it, uncle, everything, he was also trying to educate himself in the food area. Because in the fire department, you have to eat right or you're just, you're just not going to be able to get through the day. And some of his rookies, because of the first year rookies in the Bronx, they do all the cooking and the cleaning. Well, some of them didn't know how to do some cooking and the cleaning, but he, so he was trying to teach them teach them how to do some cooking and the cleaning. So he was starting that process to educate himself in the culinary world, but then he was deployed. Well, he never made it back alive. As his sister, I chose to finish what he started. And I went to school, started to get my associate's degree. I graduated May 13th of this year. 
and started right back up to get my bachelor's because I have a goal um, to teach our first responders and military members some food. Our first responders around here, they don't get fed that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had the opportunity to do in my internship with Virginia Beach and Norfolk. And I was able to feed a bunch of firefighters. And I had the pleasure. It was amazing. But I think, like, they need a break sometimes. I know they can't get, like, a lunch break here and there because we get up and go during calls. I'm trying to figure out how I could teach some more, maybe teach some firefighters some more cooking so they can actually maybe designate somebody to cook a meal or two. Instead of um, depending on somebody who doesn't know how to cook. So do you plan on having turning this into a business to teach firefighters? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty cool and noble concept. And yeah. I haven't heard of anyone else doing that. So maybe yeah. you've got a niche there to, to start a little business. Uh, maybe a big business. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of EMTs out there and a lot of firefighters. And yeah, maybe they're not getting nutritional meals or something more than just a quick sandwich or something thrown hot together pocket. yeah hot yeah yeah hot pocket yeah. yes because so. i do see a lot of them out there going through drive throughs or park and go in and they deserve a little bit more than what they're getting yeah well every everybody deserves to eat eat well i hate getting <laughs> stuck behind a fire truck in that chick-fil-a line i mean it's uh, <laughs> no, no, i'm just kidding you I'm cannot just... pick on the fire department no no not at all <laughs> But it's a big vehicle to take to a drive <laughs> a drive-thru, right? You've never seen a fire. I haven't. Fire I haven't. <laughs> Alvin and I, as as we discussed in the interview a little bit, have struggled with hiring quality help. Tell me a little bit about what you and your classmates do to um, to find work and to get placed. How can how can how do you think you asked me how how we handle the turnover rate what can you tell us about that from your perspective as a student well we cheat a little bit um we have career services we have a gentleman there named greg i think his name is greg ambrose yes he helps us or helps the students try to find placement on where or what we want to do so anybody can take that um can call up to a school and say hey look I'm looking for some help. Do you have anybody? And most of the time, colleges, especially Avon Community College, yes. Um, They called up and asked, I have a job opening. Do you have any students? And they passed on the message. So that's how sometimes you can get some labor in is by calling around to the schools because you never know the opportunity there. Even if somebody wants to come and learn from you, take that opportunity. What, What is it most of the students are looking for? Where would they like to be placed? It's up to them. Well, I mean, in talking to your classmates, is there is there a theme? Do they you know do they want to be at Sabaro or do they want to be at? Uh... Is it is it, is it money driven? <laughs> is it passion driven? Is it you know is it long long term job focused? What is it that they're looking they're all for? there for passion? I know that they want to be able to, to learn and cook, um, especially the bakery department. Um, I know, right? Um, that's <laughs> they, they make some good stuff. But I don't think it's money. I think it's when we are learning at first, we have to learn to accept to put our foot in the door and accept anything. Even if it's, to me, if it's $10, I got to accept that $10 because I got to step up 
the ladder and I got to prove to myself, hey, I can earn that $20 an hour. This is what I can do. This is how I can do it. Are your classmates, do they have restaurant experience or do they just have a, an interest in cooking and decided that that's the direction, career direction they want to go in? 50-50. Yeah. Some of them may have uh, mom and dad restaurants that they are helping running or working and they want to educate themselves. So they go to school to get a certification because you can also get a, just a regular certification in culinary arts or you can get associates to also help build that and expand like I'm doing for food service management right now. Cause it's not just as a chef, you got to learn more than just cooking. Well, tell us a little bit. I mean, we, we have a, a wide audience who, they don't all work in the work in restaurants. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what your classes are like. What else do you learn about other than just, you know, how to fry an egg or bake a cake? Definitely math. Um, cause I was, as sometimes as a chef, you may not have a calculator and your head is a calculator. Well, what do you need math for? Well, you got to look to weigh the flour. You got sometimes you got to make the recipe if you don't have the right measurements. So but, conversions. Yes, definitely. Um, culinary calculation was a big, tough one for me because you got to literally take a normal recipe and try to make it for 36 people or you take that recipe that's 36 people down to four people. So that was a little difficult. And then what about um, not just culinary, but do they teach you like food service, like how to wait on tables or how to bartend or uh, how to do the, the books and that kind of stuff? At the associates level? No, at the bachelor's level, yes, I will be learning all that from the back of house, front of house, computers, uh, books. Um, Food costing. Yes. Menu planning. Yes. Um, Dishwashing. Yeah. Yes, I did that a lot at Alvin. Yeah. Not at my place. (laughs) She means means in Alvin, Texas, Uh, I think. We're going to have to go there. How is Alvin, Texas? It is a very cute little town. It's in between, I would say, Houston and Galveston. The area there is amazing, which I miss about that. Sorry, Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads area. Is their meat, their beef is in-house in Texas. So it's local beef, pretty much. Yeah, so when, and that's what I miss about it is the freshness and the in-house where you can get the chicken, the beef, you name it. Now, what they don't have in that Galveston, Houston area is the seafood. Seafood is amazing over here. Yeah. So what are they doing there? Are they, is it a lot of barbecue food? or? Yes, they yeah. do a lot of barbecue or deep fried. Mm. Deep fried Twinkies, deep fried. You, you know what? You name it. Deep fried. You'll see it at the Texas Rodeo Fair that they have once a year. Wow. Excellent. Health conscious. Um, so how long is your school program? Is it two years and then you do another two years? Is that is that the deal? Associates was two years. Uh, my bachelor's degree since I came into, uh, literally graduated and jumped right on in. Mm-hmm. I have a few classes that Alvin did not accept, but it's going to be about 15 months. And then usually you just go right out into the workforce unless, like you, you might be starting your own niche business. Or I can go on and try to get my master's in food safety. You got to hit all the all the steps of you want to be a really especially if you're gonna own your own place. It's it's really good to know or be a, all a, parts of it. A great chef. You gotta you gotta or know. Or teacher. Mm-hmm. Or a teacher. Yeah. So I want to make sure our first responders, even military, get fed. Well, congratulations on your success thus far, and we wish you well going forward. Thank you very much, Emily. It was. 
pleasure meeting you and and we do wish you well in your career and i hope you have this uh wonderful business uh that that, that just goes bang, gangbusters oh, yeah. come on now I don't, i'm not i don't know all about that but well whatever we'll, it is we'll see what the yeah. future holds it doesn't have me. to be that it yeah. just could be anything i hope that i wish you success in your future but it's great you. that your intentions are to look after these military folks and, and the firefighters and that that's really cool so yeah, congratulations great. thank and you thank for, you guys for having me thank and, you for being on the uh, check i will make sure i stop by yeah and i i hope your your project as well I'm Brady. And I'm Alvin. This is The The Check. Check. Stick around after we sign off for some bonus content. I mentioned that Emily interviewed me right before this, so we'll add some portions of that interview to the end of the podcast. What does the restaurant do to keep the turnover rate steady and to ensure that it stays steady? A steady turnover rate, I mean, you want it steady low, and right now it's steady high. So we don't want to sustain that. Uh, I think it's labor is a major thing right now and and the turnover rate is awful and it's very expensive to hire people to train people and then have people leave, which is what's going on a lot now. So I have no idea how to fix it. I don't think it's, I don't know that there is a solution other than time. It's very important to, you know, take good care of your, of your staff and, and, Try to be a, a good employer. Be reasonable with your requests. We have um, benefits. We have we we have an insurance plan. We have a, a IRA plan, a retirement plan. Things like that are important. They don't necessarily keep people, but sometimes it keeps us slightly competitive with other businesses to try to keep people. But right now, it's um, it's it's a hard it's a hard time for employers and and probably employees. I don't know, but uh, there's so much turnover and it's really honestly out of control right now. Well, what has the optimal staffing model for the restaurant right now? Like, or what do you, what do you want it to be compared to what it is now? To go out and find quality people at a reasonable price is it's impossible. So we have to pay more or, hire less qualified people who do you have on staff right now how many chefs servers um host we have about 64 people 65 people somewhere in there on the payroll right now that's about about a quarter of that is back of house and three quarters is front of house somewhere around there long history third generation with two successful restaurants how did the family keep the tradition alive when one in three restaurants do not survive the first year? A lot of luck, a lot of hard work. Um, my grandfather, he opened up in 1939, so it was a hard time in history to open any any business, to have any business. And, you know, right after then, it was went into World War II, and I'm not sure the exact date, but at one point, the restaurant was recommissioned as an officer's club, by the um uh there was a, a camp ashby which is kind of i think around where uh central library is now so just about a mile away and the only real business kind of club type business close by that they could use to their benefit was this restaurant and they came knocked on the door and said you know you have a choice you can leave and let us have our way with their with your business or you can stick around and help us with it 
and serve us when you're here and we'll let you know our schedule and you can try to continue to do business. And during that time, my grandfather, um, obviously he took the second option and tried to, he served them when they were here and, and when they weren't, he would get on the phone and call his friends. They were, they had a downstairs, they had a, a jukebox and I think, um, well, they had a jukebox and some other entertainment items that were coin operated. And there was a guy who would come to empty out the coins of the jukebox, who'd service the jukebox and change the records and all that sort of thing. He would, on his way out the door, he'd give my grandfather, I don't know, a handful of coins, a couple of dollars, four or five dollars, something like that. My grandfather said if it wasn't for that guy, you know, giving my grandfather a tip on his way out the door, he wouldn't have made it through those times. So just luck and we can go back to this guy who was a jukebox maintenance man who made the difference now our families come from service you guys are food service my family is public service military and the fire department i chose doing what i love which is the food service what has been what you love and well i mean i'm in the food service so um i've never been a fireman i might like that more i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like their trucks and their ladders, so that might be cool. I grew up in this business, and I, it's all I've done and all I know. So I suppose that can be love. <laughs> Is the podcast one of them? Uh, yeah, sure. We do the podcast as a, a as kind of a um, a therapy session. Has it helped the business at any type of way? Probably not. It hasn't hurt. It hasn't hurt. It. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't heard it. And the last question, you started talking about your family. I just want to know a little bit more about you guys. I'm third generation here at Steinhobers. I've got, um, it was my grandfather who started it with his, with my grandmother. And uh, after that, my, so my, my grandmother passed away before I was born. Um, I think she, she passed away, I think in 1973. My grandfather in the late 80s, and growing up, uh, my I, I loved my grandfather. Um, we spent a lot of time together here at the restaurant and, uh, you know, fixing things, working on things, doing restaurant stuff. My first job was making coffee, and, you know, as a, I don't know, 10-year-old probably, I remember washing dishes, standing on a milk crate so I could reach the countertop. I grew up doing it. My uncle and my mother uh, ran the restaurant, my, my, both with my grandfather and after his his passing. And my uncle died about it's about 15 years ago now, uh, 13, 14, 14 years, I think. And so it's been my mother and, and I since then. I graduated from college in 1997, and I've been here full-time ever since and quite a bit of part-time work before then full-time summers and part-time during school that's about it